how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Eve Euston is the daughter of Bono from U2 and Ellen Euston. She's an Irish actress who landed her first major role in 2011's This Must Be the Place opposite Sean Penn. Since this role, she's been in an array of films and shows like Enough Said, Bridge of Spies, The Nick, Robin Hood, Tesla, and The Luminaries. Eve's most recent project is called Behind Her Eyes for Netflix. Simona Brown plays Louise, a single mother who has an affair with her psychiatrist boss, played by Tom Bateman, and her life takes a strange turn when she later befriends his wife, Adele, played by Eve. In this interview, Eve talks about growing up in a creative world, the benefits of having an Irish accent, how characters choose you, why she didn't like the character of Lucy in The Nick originally, how to play the Hollywood game, what it was like to work with Steven Soderbergh, and how to look for mentors in a career. kind of a normal thing for for families to sort of live in the same um, professional world, I think. Uh, you know, I get lots of questions about this all the time, and I feel like, you know, there's families of doctors and families of lawyers and families of accountants and, um, you know, so... It's sort of it sort of um, is a very natural thing, I guess, if you're growing up in in you know a creative world um, that I would sort of naturally find um, creativity as a way to express myself. Um, you know, and I grew up around music and playing music, and you know. I did like piano lessons and guitar lessons and drum lessons and dance lessons and drama school. And it was just sort of like a part of our upbringing. Um, so, I, so I sort of just naturally found acting um, in my teens and um, here we are. 
What were maybe some of those feelings you got on some of your first times um, acting? What was that like? And what kind of things were you doing early on? I, uh, I, I had a, I, I was part of like a drama group with like a local drama group in Dorky where I grew up. Um, and then I had a, a, a tutor that was tutoring me um, for school because I was terrible at school and I was always going away to be with my family. And um, she ended up being a filmmaker. Um, her dad is Joe Dunton, who um, worked with Stanley Kubrick and helped invent the Steadicam. Um, and so she kind of grew up in film as well. And uh, she started to write these shorts and uh, to cut try and keep me and my sister engaged she had um she you know would bring us to set and have us do these little sort of like projects with her and um so I did a short with her and then she wrote a small part for me when I was 15 um in an independent film that she was shooting in North Carolina and I went over there for two weeks um and that was sort of my first experience was just on you know, an independent um, film set had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> she just told me to learn my lines. So I did that. And uh, I ended up kind of falling in love with the whole experience. And, you know, the sort of the family aspect, getting to know everybody, the routine of waking up really early every day and seeing the same faces and, you know, just sort of like falling in love with, you know, um, the process of, it all uh and so that was like sort of my first moment where I became sort of high off of the feeling of of movie making and uh yeah that was that was when I decided that I I wanted to be an actor what was that film you were in the first one oh it's called the 27 club I'm actually in North Carolina so yeah there are yeah. there used to be more movies here and, and that kind of thing what would you say, you know, what's kind of changed from those early days? What do you look for in a character? Some of your later roles you're known for, like in The Nick or The Luminaries, look a bit darker. Is that is that something naturally happening? Or what, what kind of attracts you to those characters? Or what characters do you look for? I mean, it's funny because, like, I never, I mean, I can try to look for the characters that I want to play. But at the end of the day, they kind of choose you. And you know, it has to be the director and the producers and the production. It all has to sort of fall into place. You have to have a certain amount of money to be cast in it. And if you can't finance it, you're not going to get it. And the director has to, you know, connect with you. And, you know, there's just so many, um, there's so many things that have to fall into place in order to actually get a role that I'm not really at the place in my career where I can just you know, pick and choose what I want to do. But I do think I'm probably better at the darker stuff, which is why I probably um, book those jobs more. Is there's something sort of like closer to real life or some things that are sort of deeply psychological that I enjoy, you know, discovering a character much more than I would something that was... Um, lighter uh but i've tried to pick things that challenge me i mean i remember when i when i got the role of the neck uh of lucy in the neck i was 
I was like, I didn't like her at all. <laughs> like she's so she's so weak and why can't she just speak her mind and just stand up for herself? And you know, it wasn't really the role that I was attracted to. It was obviously working with Soderbergh and you know, I'd only read one script and it was just the opportunity to to be a part of that that obviously I, I really wanted it. I didn't even really know what role I was signing up to play. Um, but that ended up being a good learning experience for me because I didn't know, I didn't understand the character. I didn't relate to the character. I didn't particularly like the character. And then, you know, in doing, playing her and sort of trying to get into her mind, I ended up falling in love with her and, and sort of learning a lot um, about, you know, someone that might be completely different to me. So, um, that kind of has, I, I've, I've thought about that now when I, when I choose things like, okay, something that I, that I actually don't know how to play. I, I, I want to try to play that character. Um, you know, something maybe that I don't like, there's going to be something in there that I'm going to learn. Um, so a, a challenge, I'm always looking for, for a challenge. Otherwise I get quite bored something that's easier I've done before it's just not it's just not interesting to me um so you know if I'm lucky enough in my career there are certain moments where I do get to pick something and that's probably what I'm gonna gravitate towards is something complicated and challenging do you have other advice for maybe young actors actresses that are trying to like balance the business and politics with the creativity like do you kind of leave a lot of that stuff to like a manager or how do you work around some of those like you know minefields you're in to, to get the next part yeah i mean it's unfortunately a game that you just have to play um and there's no shame in it i think you know i'm irish and so we're not very good at self-promotion we're sort of you know, uh, Americans are really, really good at that. And I, I learned, you know, sort of the hard way for years of going into meetings with producers and agents and whoever out in LA that, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, I want to be a movie star or anything. I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, and I learned that you, you kind of can't be, you kind of can't be self-deprecating. You sort of have to, um, you have to sort of uh, show up and and uh, sell yourself a little bit, uh, especially in the U.S. Um, so I've learned, you know, that it's okay to sort of play the game and, you know, doing like a big budget movie or something that, you know, you wouldn't naturally want to do or it doesn't, you know, speak to the artist inside of you or whatever it is. Um, that's okay. There's going to be lessons that you'll learn on every set and from every experience that will be valuable to you. And you just kind of have to be open to, um, learning them. Uh, so it is a balance and I'm lucky, like I have a really great manager, Cynthia said, who sort of just is very real and she, she kind of, um, you know, she can kind of, uh, speak the truth to me if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm being a little bit hesitant about doing something, she's like, honey, if you want to do this, you got, you know, you've got to go do this. That's just the way that, that it is. Um, so I sort of look to her to, to guide me, um, when I'm faced with all of that. Um, so 
I, I, I'm, that's the only advice I give. It's just like, you've got, you've just got to accept it. You've got to find a balance and you're never, ever, ever going to have the career that, you know, you think you can have, which is like Daniel Day Lewis, basically people, especially people coming out of a drama school, they want to be, you know, like they only want to do art and all of that. But I found like the, my favorite actors that I work with are the more seasoned actors that have, you know, done stage and they've done TV, they've done movies, they've done commercials, they've done soap, you know, those are the actors that are the most exciting, I think, to see on screen. And they've, they've had so many experiences that, um, you know, it, it just makes them um, so full of life. And uh, I just, I would, I, my advice would be like, don't be too precious, you know, um, just, yeah, enjoy it. Take, take what you can get, you know, try and get the best out of it and keep moving. So I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but I'm sure you had a lot of encouragement from your parents. You kind of had an early mentor, you said, with that first film. How has that kind of changed? Like, how do you look for or think about mentors or maybe um, senior actresses you look up to now? Are there any examples that come to mind as well, like that you saw someone do things the way on set or like any, any path you're, you're kind of emulating, even though you have to kind of make your own way? Is there anything like that that comes to mind? Yeah. I mean, I'm always, always, always looking for mentors. I think it's funny because, you know, now that it's changing post me too, but you actually don't really work with actresses, don't really work with other actresses. It's a very bizarre thing. It's usually, I'm usually like the one girl on set with a bunch of old men. That's sort of, um, you know, there's like loads of men in the movie and then just like one chick. Um, so I haven't worked with many. I, I recently worked with Eva Green, who I adore, and I definitely sort of admire the way that she navigates things on set. Um, and she really looked out for me, which was, you know, helpful on that job on the luminaries. Um, and then Fran- Frances McDormand was the first actress I ever worked with on my first, you know, big uh, job when I was 18 um, on Palo Fiorentino's movie. So she was fantastic. I mean, you can't ask for any, she's the best in the business. Um, I kind of just looked to her in, in, in any aspect of life and the way that she, um, uh, the way that she approaches uh, anything um, I sort of admire. But in terms of mentors, I'm honestly looking for directors and producers more as mentors. Um, what I really want is to find directors that want to sort of uh, work with me, yeah, as an actor, but I would also love to be like, you know, invited more into the creative process and the editing room. And, you know, I want to find people that really want to collaborate and, and um, on a sort of bigger scale than just like, you know, showing up to work every day and getting the scenes done. Um, and that's hard to find because um, not a lot of directors will be generous enough to give you their time. But I love acting a lot, but I don't think it's going to sustain me for the rest of my life. I think there's going to be more things that I want to do. And I haven't really properly figured out if that's directing or producing or whatever it is. But I sort of am just looking for people to 
um, to help me uh, find whatever that is. Um, so now when I'm looking at jobs, I kind of think more about the relationship with the director than the, the project itself. You know, can I really learn from this person? Um, you know, or is this just going to be a job, an acting job? So that's where I'm at. I believe Eva Green is, is French originally. Is there any advice you might have for, or are there any like um, benefits or hindrances from having a foreign accent? Do you have to spend more time working on different types of accents of the world or anything like that that comes to mind for actresses, maybe not from America or from different areas? I think they're only pros, to be perfectly honest, because... I, I, I genuinely feel really lucky that Irish, I'm Irish just because Irish accents are really hard to do. And at least I've, I've got that one. Um, doing an American accent was hard at the beginning, but now I've been living in New York for 10 years. So it's like people almost think that I'm American when I talk. Um, I think there's always pros to being from somewhere else. Um, I've also gotten, uh, you know, rejected a lot in the sort of American teen high school comedy place, especially when I was a bit younger, when I was auditioning for those things, just because they were like, she's just too European. Um, and I remember my agent saying to me, you know, that, that note is going to help you more than it will hurt you. Um, but there is a different sort of mentality, I think, with European 18-year-olds than there are with American 18-year-olds. It's just such a completely different culture um, that I think, you know, that might have been a con, but but it, actually, I, I don't really, I think it's great. I think any actor that you see from, you know, a completely different part of the world can bring something different and it's just more interesting, you know, it's like, I hate that argument of like, oh, you can only cast, you know, someone playing the queen to be, uh, you know, you can only get a British actor to do that. Like, that's bullshit. You should, you, you should cast whoever were actors, you know, it's like, you can only get an American guy to play a Captain America. Um, I hate that. It's, it's art and it should be interpreted however uh, the director wants to interpret it and there shouldn't be any sort of boxes um, so I think your differences can indefinitely be your strength and you just need to get a really good dialect coach do you think um, has the industry yeah. changed in terms of like do you feel like you need to be more location based to make it as an actress do you need to be in New York or LA no I don't but you need to spend time there um, you need to I mean, it's, it's weird because I, I, I grew up in Dublin and then when I was 18, I moved to New York to go to NYU to study drama. And so I had gotten an American agent and sort of just clicked into place that I, I was auditioning from New York. Um, but there's, you know, I skipped London. It's sort of a more natural thing to go to London and get a London agent. I never had a London agent. Um, I guess you kind of do have to be in the same city sometimes as, as you know, whatever agency you're with, so they know you. And, and, but tapes now, it's 
pretty easy. I mean, my agent, like I, I moved to LA when I finished college and that was a stupid decision because I hated it. But then I moved back to Newark and I actually learned when I was in LA living there, I didn't get <laughs> any meetings or auditions because sort of in, in your agent's mind, they're like, oh, she's here. You know, she will get her. We'll get her in for that thing at some point because she lives here. But if you say, you know, okay, I'm coming in for three weeks. You got me for three weeks. Your schedule will be booked up. That's just the way that it is. And my agent says, like, you know, like, don't live in L.A. <laughs> like, you'll actually be busier if, if you just come in for a few weeks. Um, so I, I, I don't think you need to live in New York or L.A., but you do have to go there and you have to do the rounds and you have to meet the casting directors and the producers and do all that kind of networky bullshit that you're supposed to do because, you know, someone meeting you in person is just so much better if they say, oh, yeah, I met her a month ago. She's great. Yeah, let's get her to put her, you know, put herself on tape. You know, they have a more personal relationship with you than just seeing um, your tape, you know. Uh, so, you know, is my answer. <laughs> well, thanks again. We'll just do maybe um, one or two more. So tell me about the new series behind her eyes. Um, kind of how you got in, how you got involved with that and about your character. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a really quick thing that happened. And I was shooting Tesla, actually, um, the Michael Almereda film with Ethan Hawke. And I was like up in like Yonkers or something like playing tennis in the freezing cold. And my agent was like, we need you to read this script and we need you to put yourself on tape tonight. And I was like, I can't, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and, and so I ended up missing out on it. They, I think they cast someone else and then the, the dates got mixed up for her or something. And they ended up coming back to me like a week later. And I had to like put myself on tape in the middle of the night. I'd only read like the first script. So I didn't know the twist, which is a huge part of the story. Um, and, you know, sent in like a tape thinking it was a show, but it, I had actually interpreted it completely differently. And so I got on Skype with the director, Eric Richter Scrounge, who's amazing. Um, and he was like, this is, a, this is actually what the show is about. This is a twist. I was like, Jesus, what the fuck? I had no idea. I did not see that coming. Um, so, yeah. And then they ended up casting me and I was on a plane in like two days. Um, so it was really hectic. And I had like two weeks to put together an English accent which my agent had like lied and told him that I could do. <laughs> I was like, I can't do an English accent to me. He was like, well, I told him that you could, so you're doing it. And I was like, Oh God. So, um, yeah. So I got a really good dialect coach William Connor. He's like the best in, in the UK. And we just sort of sat in the room for two weeks and went over everything. And then we were shooting and it was sort of like, I didn't have much time to really think about the character or, or what I was going to do. So it, it actually was really exciting because it was so spontaneous and very instinctual. And I was really lucky. Like I really, really clicked with Eric, the director. Like I hadn't clicked with a director like that since I worked with Soderbergh. Like we'd had such a good uh, working experience me and Soderbergh. And this was kind of like that. I felt like Eric could sort of read my mind and he knew what I was doing and I didn't have to like 
perform anything for him or tell him what I was doing. And, you know, he, he almost like knew what I was thinking before I did. You know, there was times where like the camera would be on me and be like, Eve, turn to the camera and scream. <laughs> it's like, how did you know I wanted to do that? You know, like he's just kind of, we just had a really good um, vibe. So it was sort of just this happy, happy five month long experience where we ended up going to really strange places with this character. And it's one of like my favorite, um, I think, performances I've, I've given just because, because of that relationship. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at writerfieldnotes.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.